Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam and I am your podcast host. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries, where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Ways that you can find us on social media, if you will go over to Facebook and search Unshakable Podcast, you will find us there. On Instagram, our username is unshakable underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our username is unshakable underscore one, and that is the numerical value one. For ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation, if you are listening this morning, let me be the first to say welcome to the Unshakable Nation. We are so grateful that you are listening and hope that you will get something out of this podcast. If you know someone who might get something out of it, we ask that you just please share it with them any way that you see fit, whether it be social media, copy the link, text the link, however you want to do it. We also want to take this opportunity, as we do in every episode, to thank those who are continuing to give in support of the show monetarily. It is not required. It is not, it is not expected, but we do, if you feel led to do so, there are ways on the website at unshakableministries.com where you can find to be able to give in support of the show if you so choose. We just simply ask that you please prayerfully consider it before just donating because we do believe that there are ministries where your money can be better used. Uh, we are taken care of. God takes care of us. God provides through other means for us to be able to be taken care of. This podcast is simply a ministry. But after prayer, if you feel so led, by all means, feel free to give to the Unshakable Ministries podcast and, and everything that we try to do through this ministry. For the most important way that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation, we just simply ask one thing, that you lift us up in prayer, that you would just continue to pray, that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we would be obedient to God, joining Him where He is already at work, so that we may impact the world one life at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, guys, I want to start off this morning and, and first of all, just apologize and say I am sorry that I have not recorded and or posted a, an episode over the last couple of weeks. Life is crazy. Uh, my wife, Lauren, and I have, have been talking about life a lot here over the last several weeks. And, you know, one of the things that she suggested, she said, you know, one thing that you should consider doing with the podcast is just talking about real life. And, you know, it's, it, it is one thing to dig into scripture. And I, I firmly believe that that is, you know, a requirement of ministry that we dig into the truth of scripture and we really hone in on that. But, you know, she suggested just talking about real life and, and uh, you know, some of the things that we go through in real life. And, you know, what a great idea. And, and you know, my wife supports this ministry wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, she is the one who watches the girls as I study, as I record, as I edit, as I upload. She is the one who is watching the girls while we do that or while I do that. And, you know, I'm so thankful for that, that, you know, that is her heart. That is her ministry. And we are life partners. Like we, you know, we, we firmly believe that, you know, we should complement one, one another and we work to try to do that in everything. But, you know, I guess this morning, you know, I, I really want to just start off by saying this is like life is life is crazy. You know, for those that don't know, yeah, I, I started a, a new business at the beginning of 2022 
and um, it's been really, really crazy. It it does take a lot of my time, and um, it, it actually has been a little crazier than I thought it was going to be uh, going into the new year uh, in my industry that I'm in. You know, I always fully expect, you know, January is one of those slow months. I'm in the, the home repair industry and, you know, it's January is one of those slow months typically. But for us, January was extremely busy and I'm thankful for that. There's no doubt that God's hand was in that, that he he is the God of provision. And we are so thankful for that. But at the same time, you know, my wife and I have a three year old and a one and a half year old. She's going on two, will be two in May which means we are right in the middle of potty training one and the other one is just in that stage of development where she doesn't understand, um, you know, a lot of, uh, she doesn't understand much at all. And so there's a, there's a constant competition between the two of them. So we're potty, potty training one and we're trying to mediate the competition between the two of them, you know, that goes on all the time. They're constantly competing for our love and our attention and our affection and, you know, they don't fully grasp and understand that we love them both equally, that we can love both of them at the same time. Um, so we're working through those stages in life. So I guess all that to say that, you know, over the past couple of weeks, you know, with the new business and, you know, with with the girls, it's been really, really crazy. And that is why I have not recorded. And it's just really, you know, I'm a firm believer that my first ministry is my family. I'm a husband and a father before I'm anything else. And, you know, sometimes that takes my attention and I need to be sure that I'm being obedient to focus on the development of my family and continuing to be there for my family as a husband and a father. And that that's what I was doing. And I apologize for not at least putting something out or posting something to let you guys know that hey, it's coming. Life has kind of taken over at this moment. Um, I'm not apologizing for being a father and a husband first. Um, but anyway, this morning, you know, as we talk about real life and and what's real and what's not real, I want to bring up a question that I, that I posed the other day. And I've heard a lot of teaching on this. And, you know, we talked during the last episode, we were talking about truth and that truth is not relative to your feelings. It, it's not based on your emotions or how you're feeling when you wake up. And we have to truly understand that, that scripture is truth, that God is truth. God is the only truth, that there is no other truth. And, you know, as, as I dig into that, some of the things that I've heard taught over the last several months, and, and it's becoming more and more prevalent even in the local churches. I've heard people online talking about it, but now it's becoming more and more prevalent within the, the local churches, and I'm hearing it taught there as well. I'm a firm believer that a half-truth is a whole lie. That's just the way that I was taught, the way that I was raised. You know, So in order to be completely truthful, you have to tell the whole truth. And let me start by saying that Part of my problem is, and I've talked about the institution of church a lot on the podcast, and as I talk about the institution of church, I've talked about several issues that I have with the institutional church, and, and there are some teachings there that are not, uh, they're not based on the whole truth. They, they basically cherry pick verses out of the Bible, and they build a theology or a doctrine around this verse 
rather than the context, rather than gathering the full context of all scripture. And, you know, when we talk about the context of all, all scripture, you know, I, I hear a lot of churches teaching messages from the pulpit about hope and encouragement. And that's that's fine. You know, we do have hope in Christ Jesus. You know, we should be encouraging one another. So I'm not against those things. And I don't want anybody to think that that's what I'm saying. But what I don't hear being taught from the pulpit is the full truth of Scripture. I don't hear pastors teaching from the pulpit that Christians are going to be persecuted. I don't hear them teaching that in order to follow Christ. You know, what does Christ say the cost of following him is? You know, he says, birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is not being taught from the pulpit. It's, it's not being taught from the pulpit that we are being sent out as sheep among wolves. It's not being taught from the pulpit that we, for the sake of following Christ, will be persecuted. We will be put to death. What we don't hear being taught from the pulpit is the book of Revelation and end-time prophecies. Now, there, you know, there's so many justifications for not teaching this, but the truth of it is the Scripture clearly tells us that we should be knowledgeable about these things. And the church isn't teaching these things. So how can we truly be fully committed to the life, a life of following Christ if, in fact, we don't know the whole truth of what it actually looks like to follow Christ? So that, that's you know another issue that I have with the institutional church is why are we not teaching these things? Why are we not teaching Christ followers end-time prophecy? The, the, and I'm going to get into a little bit of that today because I want us to understand some things about end-time prophecy. Now, with that said, one of the teachings that I've been hearing coming out of local churches is that Revelation, the book of Revelation, is in fact metaphorical, that it's not literal. This is, this is being taught, that it's a metaphorical writing. And this bothers me. This bothers me to no end that we are literally going to sit here and say that, you know, verses in the Bible, the word of God is metaphorical and not to be taken literally. Where do we come to that conclusion? Have we, in fact, developed our own truth and begin to teach our own truth rather than the truth as it is written? And, and that's what I believe. I believe that it, you know, what it talks about in the last days is people will exchange the truth for a lie. And I believe that's what we're doing. We're exchanging the truth of revelation for a lie that it is metaphorical. And, you know, a, a, as they teach that, you know, they're also teaching that some scriptures are outdated. So revelation is metaphorical and other scriptures are outdated. Now, why is this teaching dangerous? Because it teaches us not to take those words seriously and live with conviction. And a life absent of conviction is a life lived without commitment. So if you're absent of the conviction of the words of God, then your life is going to be absent of the commitment to live for God. So think of it this way. If we were to live in a marriage by word only, 
if we were to strictly live our marriage by what we say only, rather than what we do, what does that say? Because we, we know that Scripture teaches that by your fruit you will know them. That's not, you know, that's not strictly to be taken by, you know, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in a faith walk. It should also be taken in every area of our life. How does my wife know that I love her? Is it strictly based on what I say? Or is it also based on what I do that backs up what I say? The very fact that I say I love her brings about conviction in my heart to live out the actions to show her that I love her. So we stand and we recite the marriage vows, but we don't live by those vows. The, the first sign of difficulty we run. Instead of living by the promises we made in those vows, we actually do the exact opposite. We say the words, but we don't live by the words. So how, how, how is this any different than, than our relationship with Christ? When we look at it, what kind of marriage would that be? If I told my wife I loved her, but every action that I did was contrary to those words. So the words of marriage vows are meant to be taken literally, not metaphorically, literally, in order to create conviction. For us to live by this, to hold us accountable, which leads us to commitment. So why do I compare the words of Scripture to marriage vows? This is precisely how we should read, study, and understand Scripture. The words of Scripture contain not only promises to us from the groom, who is Jesus, but also what the groom expects from us, believers, the bride, in order to be considered committed to that marriage. Christ is the bridegroom. We are the bride. So we, we hear these teachings coming from the local churches that hell is not real. It's metaphorical. So the question becomes, is hell real? And if we are going to sit and we are going to study Scripture, read, study, and understand Scripture, as if they're mar marriage vows between us and Christ, then it should be taken literally, not metaphorically, because literal translation means that we now have conviction and accountability based on the words that are written. Now, in Scripture, Jesus makes these expectations clear and also makes clear that he will reject the bride if she does not live according to the vows he gave her. He says, here are my expectations for my bride. And if, in fact, my bride does not live according to these expectations, she will be rejected. She cannot live by word only. She must live in action as well. He didn't say committing to him would be easy. He told us when it gets hard, we should dig in, push through, persevere, regardless of what anyone else says or does. No outside influence should impact our relationship with Christ and how we live for Christ, our groom. No outside influence. We tend to treat the words of Christ and our relationship with Christ as we do our relationships here in this world. 
We are driven by our feelings more than we are anything else. We tend to think we can determine ourselves. In other words, we can set our own expectations by which we approach our relationship with Christ. We tend to approach our relationship with Christ as as if it should be the way we want it to be. Imagine approaching a marriage the exact same way, saying that it's about the way that I want it to be, without ever considering the other party in that marriage. So then the marriage becomes one-sided because it becomes all about you based on your feelings and your emotions and what you want and what you think rather than it being an equal relationship. As I said, Christ gave us a promise. He says, this is what I will do for you. And in exchange, this is what I expect from you. It's not based on how you feel. So we're driven, you know, as we see today, like I said, we're driven by our feelings more than we are anything else. We tend to think we can determine those expectations. We ignore the words of scripture because it doesn't line up with how we feel or what we want to do. We think that by omitting this, it releases us from accountability. We think by ignoring it, it releases us from accountability. So by default, We approach the words of Scripture as being outdated or metaphorical in an attempt to avoid the conviction and accountability the Scripture brings. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you ignore it, if you call it outdated, or you call it metaphorical. Because no matter what, you have to take into account the implications and consequences If, in fact, the words are to be literally translated, as I firmly believe they are, I believe the words of Scripture are literal. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a literal translation that is applicable to all people who call themselves Christ followers, not based on your feelings, not based on your emotions. It is based on what Christ said. God set the stage. God determined what truth was, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. God said, this is truth. I am truth. This is what you must abide by. This is what you must live by. There are no ands, ifs, or buts. You cannot add to or take away from. This is the truth. The foundation on which our eternity is determined, God set that standard. We, as the creation of God, do not have the authority to determine if God was being metaphorical. We can only assume in everything that God is being as literal as he can be. As he is truth, the foundation by which all things will come to pass is based on the word of God. God. Now, the question is, is hell real or is it metaphorical? And this is what we're going to dig in on the next episode. We're going to bring up some scriptures that we're going to look at to determine the literal translation versus a metaphorical approach to scripture. So I hope that you will join me for the next episode. 
to determine how we are to approach our relationship with Christ. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your truth, God. We thank you that we don't have to determine what truth is. We thank you that we don't have to come up with our own expectations for how we are to approach you. We thank you, God, that you gave us all of that. You told us what truth was. You told us how we can approach you. You told us how we can cry out, Abba, Father. God, we pray that you continue to work in our faith journey, in our faith walk, to help us to stand on the foundation of what your word teaches. That God, we will not, we would not omit it because we don't want to believe it. God, that we would not avoid it because we don't want conviction. God, that we would not set it aside to avoid accountability. But God, that we would be willing to stand in front of the mirror and allow you to hold us accountable to your truth. That we would be convicted in our hearts and that would lead us to a commitment to you in everything, in word and deed. Let us bear the fruit that you have created us to bear. God, in all of this, we pray you make us unshakable as that is what you have called us to be according to your word. Unshakable. God, we will give you the glory, you the honor, and you the praise in Christ's name. Hey guys, I love you. And until next time, remain unshakable.